Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cuba del Norte podcast. My name is Varo, and with me today, Melissa. Melissa, how are you? Never been better. <laughs> <laughs> Super leaders for four jornadas in a row. I mean, please don't wake me up if this is a dream. <laughs> I mean, th- things are back to normal. Chivas is still super leader. Uh, Lisa Cervantes is top of the table in uh, goal scores. And Maria Sanchez is still dropping dropping dimes every game. All this as it, as it should be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no no disappointment from Chivas Femenil this, this week. Yeah, they're <laughs> the ones brightening our, our weekends <laughs> and our days. Yep, can't, can't say the same for the men, but... <laughs> I don't want to bring I don't want to bring our mood down, so we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> just positive vibes for the feminine podcast. Yep, only only positive vibes. <laughs> uh, so let's just get started. We got uh, Chivas Femenil versus uh, Mazatlan on Monday night. They uh, basically steamrolled Mazatlan, a five nil win, and like I said, they ended week they ended on the fourth match day uh, in first place. Going into the game, they needed a, I think, a three-goal win to at least tie Tigres at the top of the table, and they yeah, did and they more needed than four. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it four yeah, that they needed? Yeah, I think that they they needed four like to to leapfrog completely over yeah. Tigres because I don't know like what the tiebreaker is. Right. I haven't really checked that, but yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of like maybe expecting that Mazatlan would be able to sneak in a goal or something, but they completely. Over the like, even my expectations of I know that they, it can be like a very big win, but I wasn't expecting them to like really pull a five zero and like a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Last week you you joked that uh, Alicia would have four goals and it'd be like a five zero win. Almost <laughs> almost happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, so at the tenth minute, Alicia Cervantes just gets us started. Um, a good run down the wing into the box, and uh, she's so elusive on with the ball that you know the defender just gets stuck and ends up clipping her foot, and um, you know she buries the she draws the penalty and buries the penalty. Yeah, I mean I think that that I, I was wondering like who's going to to kick that because I know that Nicole Perez could sometimes take that take that role, mm-hmm. but I think that it was good for for them. Like I I, I know that maybe it, it must be like a, a team agreement. Because they're really trying to push Alicia to the top goal scoring place, and like even Maria Maria Sanchez mentioned in an interview, like I want to be top in assists, and I want Licha to be like top in goals scored. So so it looks like the team's really getting behind her to to bring her to that golden boot race. Yep, I think uh, Macias could take a couple of pointers from Alicia in in terms of penalty kicks. Yeah, they also had like that that interview where Maria and Licha said that they they were, would be happy to to go and play with the guys <laughs> if they were called. So maybe you should give give them a call. I, I saw that. I was like, yeah, sign sign them up because uh, we need them. Um, I don't know. I, I saw a retweet on the timeline. Um, I forget who retweeted it, but uh, it was about I think in Japan a women's player got called up to the men's the men's team, and yeah, was, that like, was the first um, time. Yeah, Yuki Nagasato from Chicago Red Stars. She, mm-hmm. well, since there's no NWSL yet, she's going to to go on a on a loan to Japan, and she's going to play with a men's team. She's really good. I, I really enjoy watching her. Yeah, I was I was gonna quote to it and put a uh, you know Maria Sanchez and Alisa Cervantes next, please. <laughs> Send them to Chivas. 
Yeah, even if just for penalties, like you can just have her like in in football where, where they have like the kicker. <laughs> she can just come in and kick pen, penalty kicks and then just get out of the field. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely take her. <laughs> and then the uh, 22nd minute, we had a Norma Palafox golazo. The, the funny thing about that play is um, when Maria Sanchez got the ball on the wing, I saw Norma was op- like wide open. She was making like a great run and I saw it. But then I also saw Alicia Cervantes was also uh, making a run. And in my head, I was like, I really hope she doesn't try to force it to Alicia just to try to keep pushing her to the top of the the goal the goal scorer list. But she, she placed it beautifully for uh, Norma and, and Norma just connected great and, and what a goal. Yeah, I mean, I think that also Cervantes has been making like those little moves and adjustments to free space for, for others. Like she's not necessarily looking to finish everything. But yeah, I mean, it, it was great to see Norma finally get a goal. So we can put all those dump headlines that she hasn't scored since I don't know when to rest. Yeah, And it must be like really great for her. Like she's playing like better and she's recovering her rhythm and everything. But like getting that goal, it just takes all that pressure off. And, like, from the emotional standpoint that she was able to do that um, just around the anniversary of, of her mom's passing. So, yeah. so she brought out, like, this T-shirt that said, I love you, mom. So I think that that also kind of added. And, and she called it because she tweeted the day before the match, tomorrow is going to be a great day. I think that she <laughs> knew that she was going to score. Yeah, that was that was, that was awesome celebration from her. And that, that finish, you know, so good that it got a... Except for goal of the week on uh, the Liga MX Feminine Twitter account. So if you guys are listening, go vote, go vote for uh, Norma Palafox's goal. Even though a lot of those goals are there are just just as great, I think. Yeah, but just Palafox's is better. So just <laughs> yeah, I mean it was a great goal. I mean that that's also that also needs to be said. Like even though Maria Sanchez is, has been great at putting these assists, there the both Palafox and Licha and everyone has been able to really deliver great finishing too like even if, if we were saying that on the after i think the first match that the commentator saying oh well with those assists it's very easy to finish but when you really see them up close even the finishing is not that easy to do and they've been executing it perfectly that's why it looks like so so smooth yeah absolutely and then you know you mentioned that that licha goal uh melissa and remember that tweet that said uh what was it what was the expected goal of that that shot like 0.15 or something like that yeah, it so was it was easy. really low. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but not those easy. are the things that you notice, like on the replay or, or with the slow motion, that they're really nailing down like these little adjustments that that it's incredible that they're able to do like as a reaction or, or as a reflex. So it's been great to see them with those with that finish for all of them. Yeah, absolutely. And then twenty fifth minute, Alicia Cervantes again, a great header in the box, assisted by Maria Sanchez. And, um, you know, we get another look at, like you've been mentioning, Alicia Cervantes' great movement in the box, outside the box, just everywhere on the field. She she knew exactly where the ball was going, and she kind of tricked the defender into, it was just like a burst of speed out of nowhere, and, and she drilled that header. Yeah, she, she Licha is, like, really fast. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, maybe people didn't expect that, but she has, like, a, a really good speed. And I know that there was, like, some controversy about fair play on, on that, but, yeah. I mean, a goal's a goal, and <laughs> we will take them. <laughs> yeah, just just before uh, Maria Sanchez got the ball for the cross, I think uh, two Mazatlan players uh, kind of collided with each other, and um, the ref could have paused the game. He didn't, but, um, you know, 
all credit to Chivas. You know, you keep playing until you hear the whistle. So the play led to a goal. Alisa Cervantes is a second goal of the day. And then at the 48th minute, Alicia gets her hat trick. Assisted by uh, Jaramillo. Great ball into the box. And, you know, again, the movement from Alicia, just great. And a great goal to end the, end the first half. Yeah, and also Jaramillo, like, also consolidating her place within the team. Because mm -hmm. I, I was listening a bit of an interview with her. I didn't finish it, but but she said the, the thing that we're doing really well is that we're playing easy um, in terms of, like, trying to find the best option. Like, they don't know, they don't care, like, who has uh, the best chance if they have it, then they have to pass the ball or finish or whatever. So I think that we're seeing like a lot of that awareness of where their teammates are, the positioning and like really good decision-making for everyone. And so I think that something that, that Jaramillo mentioned that it's really obvious when, when you see the team playing, like the, the decision-making is great all over. Yeah, and then that was her second assist of the season, I believe. She had one earlier with uh to nicole perez yeah yes mm -hmm. she has two so it in terms of assists maria sanchez has five now and then jaramillo and nicole perez have two each which i think we also need to mention like nicole perez is having a really great season too yeah yeah i, I think just as a midfielder it's easy to get overlooked but um you know if you think about it if you don't even when if you don't have to mention like a player's name throughout throughout a game that that's usually a good thing because you get you either get mentioned a lot because you made a big mistake or you know you, you score goals yeah and i think that with nicole perez it's kind of deceiving in a way because we expect so much of her and i mm -hmm. think that sometimes we forget that she's like very very young even though she's already had like a ton of experience and everything but it's great to see her like recover that that level that we know that that she has so I think that it's great to see her like scoring, assisting, just all over the place. So it's great to to see her disinvolved and, and back on track too. Yep. At the at the sixty second minute we see it, you know, the two midfielders, they uh get together for a goal. A nice uh ball into the box from Nicole Perez off of a set piece and a good job of from Chivas to not to not be offside, you know. A lot of people were commenting about that that all all four Chivas players that were in the box from that cross, they were all onside. Nobody was offside. Anybody could have finished that, and uh, Carolina Jaramillo finished finished it as, as well as she could because it was a, uh, you know, she took a she took a nice hit from the goalie. Yeah, it was like confusing because I think that she tried to finish, but she didn't know what was happening, and everybody was kind of asking also for like that penalty kick because yeah. I think that it could have been called. But then when they saw it go in, it was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> Let's just keep going and and yeah that that offside trap it's something that we are seeing with with chore implementing that with the team like we see them trying to make these runs from outside the box all the way to the to where the the the, the, the cross is going to be so that's something that we are seeing that they're really working well i mean even though though mazatlan maybe had some defensive mistakes but you can see that that's something that they're really working on to to get perfect yeah, I don't, I don't remember if it happened in the Mazatlan game, but the previous game, I remember they also did on the on the corner kick. We saw a lot of that. That they all stand outside the box, and they, you know, if if you break that offside line, you're gonna be in there in the box alone, and you can finish. 
Yeah, that's completely on Mejia. That's something that we hadn't seen from the team. And it's great that they're trying to develop like these new things and also that they're they're actually working for them too. Yeah, so th- those are all the, you know, all five goals that Chivas scored against Mazaplan. You know, it, it was pretty, not, not a complicated game at all for Chivas. And, you know, once again, they look great. And I think we we got a little more of the of the team unity. We got to see a little bit more of it. We, we've been talking about it on I feel like every episode. And you know, t- this game Blanca Felix was subbed off after Chivas was up five nil. Um, Celeste Espino got to make her first team debut. But uh, the funny thing is that the ref wouldn't allow Blanca Felix to walk up to the half line. You know, where the benches and um, and give her support to to Espino so she just waited at the at the goal until she got there and then gave her like a thumbs up and walked off to the bench which is pretty cool to see yeah Celeste is a player that she she's like Chivas developed uh she comes from the from the youth squad she's also like very young still I think she, she must be like 17 or 18 years old but she even though we haven't seen her on the pitch until now she has like a very consistent track record with the national team with the U17 Mm-hmm. So she's like, uh, I think that she's, she's got a, a ton of potential. I mean, just looking at her, she has like great height, which is something that we might not see. We, we don't have as many like tall goalkeepers in the in the Mexican league. So I think that if she keeps like training well, she, she could be like a very interesting option because of her youth and like she already has that that physical presence. So we just need to, to wait and see what what she can offer to the team but i mean she she was able to keep the the clean sheet so maybe like those debut nerves they're they're like off now and like she can just like keep waiting for her chances and and just showing herself whenever she can yeah i was i was worried a little for her when because she, she got subbed in right as uh, masaplan was gonna take a corner kick doesn't i feel like that's not a play you want to get subbed into because you know you're fresh and that you're not really warmed up you haven't gotten the feel for the game yet but um, you know, nothing, nothing happened, thankfully. Yeah, they they were mentioning it on, on the on the broadcast that Chore was like consistently talking to the defenders and telling them like to go and really back her up if anything like happened on a dangerous play. So you can see that they're really like trying to to have everyone's back on the on the on the games. And yeah, I mean, I think that she she had like a scare or two, and maybe she 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 could have been subbed in sooner. Like the first half, Blanca yeah. basically did nothing. Like she spent <laughs> most of the of the first half outside the box. That that would be interesting to see how many minutes she spent outside the box instead of in. <laughs> but I don't think we're we ever going to be able to find that out. But it would be funny to check, just because that's how dominant she was was this game. In my head, I was like, she could, she can recreate the uh, the Tubo Gomez moment right now, where he was sitting against the goalpost reading a book. Yeah, someone she wasn't doing anything. Her a magazine or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, then at the end of the game, uh, it was nice to see uh, Shorty Mejia presented the game ball to Alicia Cervantes for her hat trick, and you know, once again, you see the whole team surrounding her and and celebrating with her. Yeah, I mean, you see these these kind of moments and these glimpses. Of the of the teams like chemistry on and off the field, and it's really great to see. I mean, honestly, in the in the three years I've been watching the team, I hadn't seen them like this united or like this happy since the championship run. Like what Chore has been able to do, and the and the atmosphere the team has right now is incredible to see. Because and and it's funny because Chore has mentioned that that he worked with Fernando Camacho, who was the coach 
like back then in the in the championship season. So maybe he, he must be taking like some pointers in terms of how how to keep like that that good atmosphere because I mean it it must it must have been hard coming in like so so soon before the season start and like maybe he didn't like really pick the signing so he had to do his best with a team that he didn't really choose right so that he's able to to create this atmosphere and to like really generate this with the players is really special to see yeah i think a lot of, a lot of credit has to go to show to shorty mahia just because like you said he was basically just took a team that wasn't his and look look what he's done four four games into the season yeah, and and you see it like like those little moments like Blanca waiting on Celeste and I was mentioning I I wrote about it for Footmix Nation that you see like these shifts in in the roles some players are taking like you see Blanca taking like a more of a leadership role mm-hmm. now like she's 24 but she's kind of a veteran because she has always been with the team and like Nicole also maturing. And like this U20 generation the team has, and and you can see that all these little shifts happening, but they they are just like a you can see that they are just like a big family, right? Like everyone's like giving their best on and off the pitch. Yeah, like I I keep bringing up the social media too. You know, you see it if you follow the players, they they're always posting stories together. They're posting stories from practice. They're all it's all like laughing. You know, they're they're like a big family, and uh, I think. That kind of gets hopes up that you know this team can make a a really deep run into playoffs and maybe even get to the final. Yeah, I mean, I I tweeted like a podcast that I listened to about team chemistry, which was really interesting. And so uh, the, the, the it was the the author of a book, and she was mentioning that there's like the personal confidence, like the confidence, the trust you can have on a person, and task trust, which is like trusting that your teammate is going to. To like do their job well, and yeah. I think that right now uh, we can see that the, this team has both. Like they they get along as 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 people as human beings, but you can tell that there's also this trust that that your teammate is going to make like the best decisions to score or to defend for the team. So it's great to see both of them because you may have like teams that necessarily don't get a don't either don't get along well as people but execute well or you can get like a team where where they don't get along badly but they're not really trusting the capabilities of their teammates so seeing them have both i mean i think it's really it's really great to see yeah and that, that's going to be key going into going to chivas's next games because they're going to play three games in seven days uh starting this monday coming up they're going to play santos then they play cruz azul and then they finish their week with uh, pumas so, you know, a couple of tough, I don't know how tough they're going to be, but, you know, just such short period to recover from each, from game to game. So it's going to be tough and, you know, it's going to be on Shorty to rotate players and see see what he does. And, and we've seen some of these rotations and, and I think that everyone's on a good enough level right now that it doesn't, like, uh, make a difference too much in terms of of performance. So I think that it's great that, that he was kind of, looking forward to that and making those little rotations to see how everybody was doing. And also like the, the physical preparation part, I think that physically they're, they're doing also really well. I mean, I mentioned before with Mario Dominguez as their physical trainer, we're seeing like less injuries and it looks like they're recovering better. So that's also going to help them this week. And, and out of the three teams they're facing, 
Um, they are like relatively manageable matchups. I mean, it's not going to be, it's always like you cannot underestimate anyone, but they are like relatively easy. I mean, you're not getting like Tigres and Rayadas back to back or something like that. Santos is like probably the easiest of the three. Cruz Azul is interesting. I mean, they are like a, a team that can really fight and they have like great great players and they're also like on the previous game that they had uh, Chivas was winning 3-0 and then Cruz Azul scored three times and, and it ended on a, on a draw so it's going to be interesting to see like this version of Chivas how well it can respond to, to Cruz Azul and Pumas I don't know is Pumas away or a home game that's, Pumas is an away game yeah that's also going to be uh, make it tougher because you're traveling to Mexico City which has like a, a higher altitude and Pumas has like a really strong defense so it's also going to be a very good test for Chivas to see how how they can they can they can handle that yeah I was I was looking at uh Pumas's results and they only have one they've only given up one goal throughout the throughout the season so far and then you know Cruz Azul has you know they've They've held up well against I, I want to say like the better the better teams they played Rayadas they only lost two one they had a two nil loss to America but again you know America is one of the stronger teams in the league so they're they're holding their own against the the big teams in Liga MX Femenil right now yeah Pumas is kind of like um, hit or miss in that they they either don't score or they score three goals so it's kind of like uh, a bit a bit hard to predict in terms of, of how well they're going to do on, on a given day. But defensively, they've always been like really, really strong. I mean, they have a, a great goalkeeper, Melanie Villeda, and their defense is always solid. So they are just like the kind of team that is more solid on defense than on attack, but they can still, like, we've seen them score three goals on two matches, so they, they, they have that punch. It's just a, like a matter of, of seeing how well they're going to do that day. And Cruz Azul is like a, a very, maybe I think that they are a bit underrated. I, I really like them. I think they have like a lot of talented players. And I've also seen that their coach has been making like, or getting better at making adjustments mid-game. So that's also going to be like an interesting test. I think that both Cruz Azul and Pumas are going to be uh, bring like interesting things to the table that I want to see Chivas react to, to see what, what they're going to do with that, with those challenges. Yeah, as I was looking at Chivas' schedule, because, you know, these past four games, they've controlled and, you know, at, at sometimes cruised. So I was, like, thinking, they. I was hoping they would kind of verse, they would verse some kind of adversity in their next couple of games before they end up playing uh, Rayadas in Week 9. Because that's not, you don't want the adversity to come against an opponent like Rayadas. You want to have, like, so, like, some battles before that. Yeah, and they, they kind of had a bit of that against Toluca mm-hmm. with, when they were like 1-1 at halftime. But yeah, I mean, also the thing with Rayadas is that I think that they are not uh, a favorable matchup for them. I think that they they do way better against Tigres, even though arguably Tigres could be like the stronger team. I think that somehow their style of play suits them better. And I think that Rayadas is like a bit more complicated. But I mean, Licha knows them well, so... Hopefully that that will help this time around. Yeah, la la ley de lex, right? Yeah, but I mean, we have even seen like Licha's former teammates like really cheering on on her on social media, 
and like being really happy for her, like the, the Rayadas players. So I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that she can like put that aside a little bit and <laughs> just keep scoring as much as she has. Because um, I tweeted that today, like Licha already like equaled the, the record for regular season goals for Chivas, because I, I've mentioned this before too, like Chivas has never had like this kind of striker figure that can deliver 10, 12 goals during a season. Like we, we usually have like a lot of goals like split among a lot of players. So the highest so far was seven goals from Brenda Viramontes and that was all the way back to 2017. So that also like, it's kind of been like a, a perfect match in terms of Alicia bringing in everything the team needed and had been looking for for such a long time too. Yeah, I think, I mean, if she keeps going at this rate, she's going to break uh, Ruby Soto's record in two seasons, right? Ruby Soto has 20 goals as an all-time, uh, all-time yeah, leader, 20. I think. Yeah, 20 over like, I don't know, like four seasons because she was like, she scored like five goals, but she was like very consistent. Like every season was a, a yeah. five-goal season. Yeah, and, and, and Licha already has seven. And she said, she promised in that interview, she said she'd have ten by week nine, I think she said. But if she's going at this rate, she's going to break that ne- next game. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if she can sustain it, right? Because yeah. that also happens like with the with the super liderato thing. Like it keeps piling and keeps piling. And you're wondering like, when is this going to, to like burst or break? And I think that we were kind of like, maybe expecting it to, to happen this week because they needed, like, what, a 4-0 win? Yeah. And I thought, okay, maybe if they don't end in first place, like, it's not going to be as bad. But they just keep exceeding expectations. But that also, like, generates, like, this, this anticipation of seeing, like, when is, is it going to, to like, fall apart a little bit for them. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, if we, you watched, we've watched the uh, Alisa Cervantes interview that, that they've been doing and and credit to Mexican press because there's been so much um like Chivas Femenil content out like the past week I feel like like every time I refresh YouTube there's like a new there's a new interview I refresh Twitter there's a new interview of Chivas players and you know that Alisa Cervantes interview that she did with um through the end I, I really like that that interview like she told the story of how she got to Chivas and you know how she really really wanted to be here not taking offers from other teams and you know that i'm just like a bigger alicia cervantes fan than i was already yeah i mean it's just like that's why i'm saying that if this is a dream don't wake me up because like if you had asked (laughs) like build like that perfect player that chivas needs like right on front to score goals like you just like would have ended up with alicia cervantes like she really loves the team she's really performing well She's getting along with her teammates. Like, you just really can't ask for much more. I mean, she's like the total package right now. And, I mean, I think that also, like, Chivas kind of deserved that little lucky break because I, I, I know that they hadn't been doing, like, as well. And they were, like, starting to get back. And then, like, the coaching thing happened. So, I mean, this is, like, the, their lucky break that they really needed to get. Yeah, and, the, and that interview was funny because... You know, she mentions her time at Atlas and Monterrey, and they would always ask her why she wouldn't why she wouldn't kiss the badge, and she's like, "No, she's like, I can't, I can't kiss it." <laughs> and then first thing she does with Chivas right away, kiss, kisses the badge. Yeah, she was an undercover agent agent all the time. 
Like I I really didn't know that she was a Chivas fan. Like until she signed and then like like I started seeing like that little glow in her eyes and I was like, mm, we, we might have like something special here. Because I, I I really did have her like on my list of players that I, I wanted to see, but I didn't expect it to be like this good. Like this is like beyond any expectation, I think, for everyone. Yeah, it's been great so far, four weeks into the game and you know, hopefully she can keep it up to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean I'm just going to, to keep enjoying this and just like I really hope that Chivas puts those jerseys available for sale because I really want my Alicia Cervantes jersey now and I don't want to, to have to buy the Rayadas one because that's the only <laughs> option right now. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to pick right now between an Alicia Cervantes jersey or a Maria Sanchez jersey, I think. Yeah, you can just get uh, the home and the way, like one with the Maria Sanchez yep. <laughs> and one with the Alicia and that you cannot do wrong with those choices. <laughs> All right, just to recap, the Chivas' next game will be against Santos on September 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern. No, September 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe that is a Monday night. Then they will play Cruz Azul on the 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That will be a home game. And Chivas versus Pumas on the 20th at 10 a.m. in the morning. So I'm going to have to do what I have to do in the morning so I can watch that game. Yeah, that's going to be like a an early one. But yeah, I mean, I hope that, that they'll do well. And like, this is going to be like a a good test, like physically, mentally, and, and like to see what they can do with like all these challenges that they're going to be facing. Exactly. And Melissa, the player profile that we decided to do for the week. And, you know, I, I feel like things keep aligning, you know, the players we pick <laughs> keep doing things that we want to talk about. So this week we're going to talk about uh, Blanca Felix, the Chivas goalkeeper. Yeah, Blanca is like a, a player that I, I really enjoy watching. Um, I really like goalkeepers. Like, they're some of my favorite players. And, like, Blanca is, she has, like, such an amazing, like, backstory and also, like, her history with Chivas because she was also, like, a Chivas fan, like, her whole life. Like, she even has shown, like, this photo of her like, really young and at the Stadio Akron and, like, so happy to be there, like, as a fan. And she's mentioned that her idol is Osvaldo Sanchez. And I think oh, that's yeah. an interesting choice because there are, like, some maybe parallels in how they play. Mm -hmm. Like, this big personality and, like, they, they like to make, like, good air saves and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Blanca has consolidated, like, her spot as an iconic player for the team, really, in these these three years, because the thing with her is that she wasn't even the starting goalkeeper on the team's first season. She was the third goalkeeper. And then Karen Gomez got injured, and she she stepped over Ana Paula Rubalcaba. And when it really blew up for her was on the semifinals of, of that championship run, when she played at the when the, the team played at the Azteca. And she mentioned that when she arrived there, like she couldn't believe what was happening because she wasn't, she had never like played as a pro and she had never really left her home state or anything. And to just go in seven months from being in, in school in her university and then to playing the Azteca, like it was like a big shock for her. And she was like, really, she said that she felt small when they went to the pitch. 
<laughs> and that's when when it really she really caught everyone's attention because of the really great game she had that she had like really important saves to bring Chivas to the final. So that's when when she kind of started like building her own legend for Chivas. Yeah, I remember I watched those games back then, and um, I I had to like find streams. So it was, it was so hard to watch those games. Even the final that Chivas won, like it was a struggle. But I remember Blanca Felix standing out and. The, the Osvaldo Sanchez comparisons are definitely there. I'm like, that's what I really liked about her. Because personally, my favorite goalkeeper ever is Osvaldo. And then you know, watching Blanca Felix, I was like, oh, she she has to be a fan because the way she plays, like she's never afraid to go for the ball. Like she's great at one on ones. So like, yeah, I'm I'm a big Blanca Felix fan. And you have to wonder like uh, how much of her in game like is modeled after uh, out of her background because. She, She stopped playing mm -hmm. football because there, were, there weren't any teams for, for girls where she comes from. And she had to do karate because that was like the only option. And she's a black belt. And she even went to like the national, the Olimpiada Nacional, which is like the National Olympics, like representing her home state. So she must have been like really good. And you kind of see like those reflexes and some of those skills Like they tra they translate into into the way she plays, which may not sometimes look like as orthodox. Yeah. As a as a goalkeeper that has been like more classically trained, and that kind of also gives her like this little extra flair or her own style of goalkeeping. Then you can tell that like she's not afraid of, of going and like risking like her face to mm -hmm. to 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 save that that goal. So. I think that you can see those little hints and elements of that karate background on, on her style. Yeah, for sure. I def I think it definitely it, um, affects how she plays. Like like you said, she's not she's not scared, you know. And karate get kicked in the face, so <laughs> it's not any different on the soccer pitch. And 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 in terms of like the reflexes and like the the strength she has to make those jumps too. So so it's interesting because she comes from this like unorthodox background and. Like she's mentioned that that she hasn't had like such an easy life because she lost her father when she was four, and then like her mom left and she was raised with her grandparents. And there are some like really like nice photos of her in the when they won the title when she's hugging like her grandmother and she's like meeting her after winning the title. Those are like really really great moments and and she she seems to have like a really strong mentality too. Like she speaks on interviews like goalkeeping. It's really tough mentally. It's not sometimes as much as your physical capabilities, but it, it like really tests your mental strength. And like she said that that she's really passionate and really emotional. In that she, whenever she 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 gets scored on, like she feels really bad, not not just for herself, but like for her teammates. So she really has like this um, this really like passionate and committed personality to the team. And you can just really see her and like we've seen her evolve from like this youngster who was like the third goalkeeper into being like the captain now that when Tanya wasn't like available to play. And she's really stepping and maturing into this leadership role for the team. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, she, she loves she loves the team. Every every goal they score, she celebrates like she scored one. And, you know, I, I like I like her um, evolution as a player and especially as a Chivas player. Yeah, she's kind of like assuming that that role now, and and you can also like see the that she's like a very popular with fans, mm -hmm. and 
and you can tell like the way that she treats fans because I've been able to to see her like a couple of times in the meet and greets that the club organizes. The way that that she treats fan fans is like really special because she really listens to people. Like people really love her and really respond to her. And she's not like, oh, I mean, I've heard this a thousand times. Like she really, she's really, really interested and invested in in fans when they like approach her. And and she has had like a a lot of really nice gestures to to fans too. Like I remember there was this video of a of a deaf fan that used sign language, and she knows a bit of sign language too because she mentioned that she had um, she learned it at at college. And she was communicating with the fan, and like for the fan, it was like surprising maybe for him to know that that she knew sign language, and he was also a goalkeeper, so like that was like a really special moment. And also, I know that she went to visit uh, a young boy who had lost his father, and like that really, like maybe spoke to her personally. And she went to to meet the child and and took him like some presents and stuff. And she really does these things and they feel like really genuine. Like she's she's just like seems like a really um like a really caring person. So that also like has um cemented like her status as a as a fan favorite and it and it feels like really genuine, like really from the heart what she does for fans. Yeah, that that that's awesome. And you know, anyone listening, like how can you not Lover, after hearing that, <laughs> it's like you got you got to support Blanca Felix, great goalkeeper. Um, you know, one of is she one of three players left from the team that won the championship? Um, I know that, that there are probably more because I know that there's Daniela Pulido, Tania Morales, I think Lia Romero, Annette Vasquez, and Blanca. But yeah, I mean, she has been like since the first league season. And and she she's mentioned it on interviews too. Like I dropped everything and went to the Chivas tryouts because that's where I wanted to play. And like she says, she only brought in like clothes for like two days, and and she had to like talk to her grandma like because her grandmother told her like you're really dropping everything for Chivas, right? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I need to do this. And then she was surprised like when she was offered like a contract as a professional. And I mean, it's kind of like. You know, we say that goalkeepers need to have luck, and maybe she's gotten a little bit of luck, but also like a ton of hard work to to really be at the at the right place, but also like to taking full advantage of the opportunities that she's had. Absolutely, and um, you know, she has three three clean sheets this season. But the Luca game was the first time she gave up a goal, and you know, she's made great saves in some some of the games that they played. Yeah, she's like that's also something that Chore mentioned. Like even though the focus has been on on the strikers and on the goals, uh, Blanca has also like been really important in terms of keeping things like for Chivas keeping those wins. And we saw that in the Toluca match, like when they were one one, and she yeah. had like this really really important save to keep Toluca at bay. And if they had scored, like who knows what what could have happened, right? Exactly. Do you have anything else, Melissa, that you want to mention about Blanca Felix before we wrap up the pod? Well, no, not much. I mean, I think that she's uh, she's a favorite for a reason, and it's great to see her play. I mean, I really enjoy having her at Chivas. I think that she's kind of also like a perfect fit for the team for so many reasons. And, and yeah, I mean, she's 
she's really like a player that you just enjoy watching and she's like also a great person so that kind of makes it makes it even better and like i know i'm really proud of having her like in the team and also of her like being also like a captain or a leader for them too for sure all right ladies and gentlemen i think this has been another episode of the chivas del norte podcast um we'll be back next week we'll probably do three games in one right melissa because of the that's going to be like a three hour yeah three hour <laughs> podcast <laughs> extra big special and hopefully chivas will will still be super leaders by the next time we get an episode done hopefully hopefully but um thank you for listening we are out